scripture. Geocaching scripture. Here we are. This is Josh calling you from the um, mobile studio, I'll call it. Um, I'm not exactly sure where I'm ever going to be able to set up. I just hide from my kids and try to do it. So today, I am in well in view of the um, washer and dryer um, and hiding in the basement. And it's the mobile studio of no fixed address. And so here we are. Geocaching scripture. Geocaching is this nerd hobby treasure hunting game where you try to find these little geocaches, which are little tiny treasures, kind of. You, you go and look, you might be on a trail somewhere, and you get on the geocaching app, and it says, hey, behind this tree, there might be this thing, and they give you a list of clues, and you go find it, and it's just fun. It's a fun way of putting a little more hunt and a little more fun into what might be familiar. And uh, my experience with scripture as I get older is that I know it very well, almost too well, and um, I sometimes miss the treasures that are there. And so geocaching, the way we geocache scripture is to find these little treasures of, of language, situation, background, that kind of thing, and it helps us to plumb the depths of the scripture and the treasures that are already there. So geocaching scripture, tiny treasures in the big truth. And today I want to read to you guys something out of Matthew. Now this happens at a um, pivotal moment for Peter. Um, Peter is being told, or this is the place where G Peter confesses who Jesus is um, at the, the gates of Caesarea Philippi. And it is a really interesting story, and it's so interesting. I've done an episode on it, so check back. It's like March 2020, um, and it's about the gates of hell. But we'll talk about a, a little geocache, a little tiny part of that conversation that Peter had with Jesus after Peter makes his confession, and then Jesus sort of blesses him and encourages him slash challenges him toward the future. So Matthew 16, verse 17 through 20. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth should have been loosed in heaven. Then he gave the disciples strict orders that they were to tell no one that he was a Christ. Matthew 16, verse 17 through 20. So this is interesting here. I mean, it's fascinating that Jesus is talking to Peter. So much going on. And it, this is not long before Jesus says to Peter, also, get thee behind me, Satan. It's like like paid a page from that. So it's very interesting that Jesus gives this huge, like, telescopic view into Peter's future, like all of a sudden, really fast, shoots through all of, you know, seasons two, three, seven of Peter's life. And then shortly afterwards, Peter makes this enormous gaffe about, you know, who Jesus is and everything else. But here he made it accurately. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Now that bar uh, in, in Hebrew means son of. So, Simon Bar-Jonah, Bar-Abbas, Bar-Abbas, means son of the father, and, and maybe some um, a Hebrew scholar better than I can help me with this. Bar-Mitzvah means, and mitzvah is commandment. So I believe Bar-Mitzvah means son of the commandment. So 
you would have a bar mitzvah, and young Jewish men certainly do now, and it is to adhere yourself as a son of the commandment, as a son of the Jewish faith. A bat mitzvah, I believe, is, is daughter of the commandment. Um, somebody can correct me on that. <laughs> anyway, um, so he says, I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So Peter, Petros, Petrify, that is uh, a pun on the name Rock. And Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church. Now that goes a few different ways. Um, Catholics see that one way, Protestants see it another way. Um, that's kind of another, another conversation in itself. But Petros is that name, which means rock. And what I want to zero in on is, is that verse 19, where he says, Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So these, um, this has always confused me, um, and always kind of confused, I think, some, some prayers I've heard at various churches, um, definitely that I've said myself, we bind Satan or whoever, and we loose, you know, angels and that kind of thing, and, and then invoking this verse as saying it. And unfortunately, that is based on a misperception of what bind and loose mean. So binding and loosing uh, were actually, that is what the Pharisees did with the law. So they would bind and loose. And, and an easier word for these would be uh, prohibit and allow. Prohibit for bind, allow for loose. So they would say, um, they would say we are to keep the Sabbath holy as it says in the Ten Commandments. That means that we will bind, we will prohibit lighting a fire on the Sabbath. That would be one rule that for even very strict observant Jews today, they don't do. So that you won't light a fire on the Sabbath. See how that works? That's basically the interpretation of a larger law into a more local situation. Um, it's very similar on how uh, courts interpret um, bylaws or the Constitution into local situations, so they bind and loose. So they would say, we're going to bind by uh, not allowing you to light a fire on the Sabbath. We are going to loose this or that other activity on the Sabbath and allow it, because we believe that that is within God's leading for the community. So, Jesus saying this to Peter was, was very significant because he was saying, now you have the binding and loosing power, right? The binding and loosing power. You are going to be the one to interpret the gospel in this case, um, which essentially was the, the fruition of the law. You are going to be the one to interpret that for the community. You are the binder and looser now. And I, I tend to take this as... He's talking to Peter, yes, but I think he is talking to the whole church in the sense that the church is the binder and looser of what comes to us in the gospel and what comes to us in scripture. So you face these certain life situations. I mean, a lot of people will say this, that, you know, the Bible will tell you everything, but it won't tell you how to change your oil, right? That's a magical view of the Bible. It's in there somewhere. You know, I haven't read the whole thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not. Um... What the Bible will tell you is to be kind to your mechanic, pay for things on time, take care of what God has given you, 
right? It will tell you those things that apply in that situation, binding and loosing. And the church is one of the interpretive uh, mouthpieces that God has given to help with the binding and loosing of the gospel as the fruition of the law in our lives. So Jesus says this to Peter and by extension to all of us, right? This applies to the church in perpetuity. And I think that that's, that's an important thing to know, that Jesus took church very seriously. Right? Very seriously. He said, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's talking about doing church in the world, that being the place that God uses to minister to us through fellowship, through other believers, and that being part of God's bringing in his kingdom on earth is there. And so this power transfer from the Pharisees being the interpretive body to the church being the interpretive body is a big deal. So binding and loosing, and that is different than what you might say, we bind Satan from this place or whatever. We loose teams of angels from this place. Unfortunately, that is an, a misinterpretation and a completely understandable one. Um, but that's how this applies in this case. I think this is really exciting, um, really interesting to see um, just what Jesus is doing and, and what he does throughout things. I, I like the whole idea of, you have heard it said, but I say to you. So Jesus brings the continuation, the fulfillment of the Old Testament law, etc. You have heard it said, um, you know, do not commit adultery. And I say to you, to commit adultery in your heart is to commit, to lust after a woman in your heart is to commit adultery. So you've heard it said, but I say to you, this is going on a deeper level, a heavier level, and it's coming to a richer and fuller bloom than we could have ever imagined. And we are still here in the time between the times where this binding and loosing is done extremely imperfectly, right? Ask slaves, ask women, all these people that have been victims of the church's interpretive work. And yet there is this way that, that God continues to work and walk with the church and open up new things and bring about new grace and new insight to people. And that is the beauty of it, that, that God is much more pro-human and the church is much more pro-human than we think. God wanted to continue the human story despite its imperfection, despite its brokenness, despite its continued foibles. And that's the story. Thanks for listening to Geocaching Scripture. Take a look at our new mascot. He's a little Lego man. I have decided to call Herman Udik. Herman Udik. That's Herman, H-E-R-M-A-N. Udik, O-O-T-I-K. Herman Udik. We have ourselves a mascot. I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think today is a beautiful day. Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers.